Yo and hello. Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody. And we're wondering. Do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? And if not, why come? Because you should. Because it's good. We talk about it so much. In fact, we've talked about it 26 episodes worth now. That is an entire season of the show, which is to say this is the season one finale of Radio Free Roscoe that we're talking about today. Uh, Season 1, episode 26, All or Nothing. It initially aired March 26, 2004. It was written by Doug McRobb and directed by David Worry Smith. And uh, it's the thrilling conclusion to the cliffhanger we left off on last episode with everybody dramatically parting ways. 18, 34, sorry. We start off the episode with lots of drama unfurling. We get a weird repeat of the sort of, I know your locker combination, therefore we <laughs> know each other intimately. Yeah, it's it's very creepy. It's, it's reversed from the last episode where Lily was like opening Travis's locker for him. But this time Lily's trying to open her locker and Travis just appears over her shoulder and is like, <laughs> 1834 it's the creepy it's so unsettling <laughs> yes like she's suitably spooked i don't think there are any of my friends that i would be okay with them doing that now travis is trying to like talk about things with lily and being like i'm sorry i blew it let's talk about it and lily's like no let's just forget it and she storms off meanwhile audrey's like hanging out outside the principal's office just like laughing with a friend <laughs> Yeah, it kind of it kind of looks like they're like in the like the secretary area. Yeah, like just laughing. Yeah, it it's a very strange hangout. Yeah, and it's just perfectly placed. So she sees Lily and Travis arguing, and then Travis dramatically kind of leaning back against the the lockers and having a big sigh. So Audrey's wondering what's going on. The Kim Carlisle car wash for canines raised three hundred dollars. A special thanks goes to those ninth graders for doing all the dirty work. And I know Kim's power hungry, but it's kind of insane to name a school fundraiser after yourself. Robbie just kind of saunters into the radio station when she's playing music. And he's like, boy, am I glad to see you. And he seems to be like leaning down to kiss her. And she's like, what are you doing? We can't do this. I'm two grades ahead of you. The scandal. She and Robbie are still trying to figure out what their relationship is. And... There's like a weird moment where he says, you think about it. And she like smacks him on the butt with her clipboard. And she's like, and you think about that. (laughs) Very mixed messages to Robbie. (laughs) Also, just just a very weird dynamic for a couple of high schoolers. Yeah. Yeah. Starting early these days. Yeah. God. (laughs) I can't believe Travis would snake you like that. I'll survive. I already had one knife in my back. But then because everybody is just mad at each other, we get a moment between Ray and Robbie in the hallway and he kind of shoves past Robbie and gives him like a shoulder check. And it turns out Ray is really mad at Robbie for kind of playing along and letting him let his defenses down. And, you know, we we saw him be really buddy-buddy with Travis and going out of his way to, you know, be supportive of him and Lily with their music project. The donuts. The donuts. And now that he knows that Robbie knew the whole time, he's pretty pissed at Robbie because he feels like he just, he let himself act like a big old goof. Aw, it was, it was definitely hard to watch. Like Ray trying so earnestly. 
I get I get that layer, but also we know Ray's been a bad friend for a long time. So what he's doing is basically just being a decent person. So I don't feel that bad for him. It's like you this should have been your standard the whole time there, buddy. Oh, that's an excellent point. Lily kind of walks into the cafeteria because that's where everybody is all the time. And Audrey's like, what were you and Travis fighting about? What? When? Oh, this morning, right? Um, no, 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 that was nothing. No, we were just arguing about music stuff. And Audrey's like, that's not what it looked like to me. And then the like bell rings and Lily's like, okay, gotta go. And Audrey's just like, what the hell, dude? Kim, that is not a tambourine. Please put it down. In Principal Waller's office, everybody loves to attack his poor snow globe. Kim's like shaking up his snow globe and Waller's like, ah, and he just grabs it back from her. And that's not a tambourine. It's not a tambourine. But he shakes it and he shakes it. He does. Chaos. And he tells Kim that her latest recruit for Kurgler Radio didn't work out because everybody's scared of her. And he asks if there's any further recruits. And she kind of hints at like, well, there's one, but he's more into RFR, not really into Cougar Radio. So, you know, she's talking about Robbie. And <laughs> and then we get some some good unhinged Waller where he's like, RFR. <laughs> RFR. <laughs> oh, the fun never ends, does it, Kim? He's continues to bemoan the fact that he has this underground radio monkey on his back like <laughs> which is a great band name yeah that is that is a good band name but yeah classic waller just letting this bother him way more than it should and uh then we go to the cafeteria where lily is working on something and ray is kind of like timidly awkwardly walking by and lily calls him over and Ray's doing this cute bit where he pretends to play another character for for a bit. Ah, you must be confused, man. My name is Slim. My friends call me Slim. And we get this weird sort of thing where, you know, Lily's checking in on Ray and he's saying he's feeling hurt, but we're still not... I feel like it's not clear that they know that they like each other. Yeah, it's it's very weird. I mean, like... We had Ray basically the whole season we knew was into Lily. Mm-hmm. But I don't think and Lily, then Lily <laughs> No, and then Lily more recently realized that she was into Ray. And there was like a bit of an unspoken moment right after he broke up with Ronnie. Yeah. But yeah, there's like, there's really nothing said between the two of them. Yeah. Um, but so so we get Ray who's kind of been lashing at it at Robbie. And we kind of expect him to lash out at, at Lily too. But he says, you know, we've we've been friends for ages, and in all that time, you've never knowingly or tried to hurt somebody. So, you know, I'm hurt, but the way I feel about you is still the same. Which is, you know, again, like, kind of implies, you know, his, like, feelings, feelings for her, like, his, his romantic feelings for her. But she hugs him and says, you're my best friend, and he's like, I'm just doing what I do, ma'am. So it's it's still, like... There's still no communication between the two of them, but it's a sweet moment. <laughs> yeah, they seem to make up. They're like, oh, you're my best friend. And that's it, as far as I know. And then we cut to Travis looking on at the scene, kind of having a weird pout on his face as is Travis custom. Very, like, very wide-eyed for Travis. Oh, there's so many good wide-eyed. A lot of anger. Yeah, there's a lot of good wide-eyed Travis rage in this episode. Um, and Audrey's behind him. Hi, Audrey. I was just, um... Spying on Lily? I wasn't spying. How can you say I was spying? You're the one that was spying. What's going on with you two? Nothing. You know what nothing means? It means nothing. You know, the absence of time and space. Watch it! And then he manages to, to, like, 
back away from her into the return of James Doria as that one bully from the episode where they, they steal the mascot costume. Yeah, and um, Travis's Travis manages to bump the milk carton off of his tray, which is open, by the way. So I don't know how there's not milk anywhere, but uh, and and also why the bully wants him to put it back so much. Yeah. Travis is like, sorry, and the guy's like, sorry's not gonna put my milk back on my tray. If it's open, why why would you want yeah, it? Yeah. I I mean, we 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 already know that and I'm sorry, James, I can't remember your character's name. James the bully has some weird requests as part of his bully. Like that time he was like, You gotta do the hand drive or I'll beat <laughs> you up. <laughs> so Travis puts the milk back on the tray because Audrey kind of implores him to. Then the bully takes it a step further. He's like, Go get me a straw. I like the bendy kind. Oh, yeah. The bendy kind. I like them too. The bully and this other guy both have like trays full of food and Travis just like bops them out of their hands. Yeah, it turns into a whole weird fight montage to like the most like early 2000s pop punk kind of vibe that you've ever heard. And our as our fight montage goes on, it escalates to the point where Travis accidentally grabs Waller <laughs> and has his fist up ready to punch Waller. And we just get this stare down between the two of them with Waller saying, you sure you want to do that, son? And it's... It's a bad time for a good old pacifist Travis. Yeah, Travis's eyes are about ready to pop out of his head. He's just like breathing heavily like, as the Buddha once said, bendy straws, I like those too. (laughs) Would you like to explain what just happened, Mr. Strong? Pretty self-explanatory, sir. Some idiot jock thought he could push me around. He was wrong. We get a really great scene following the cafeteria fight of Travis sitting in Waller's office um, being reprimanded. And of course, (laughs) he is holding the snow globe. And I I won't say the line, but you know what is happening. Waller kind of goes into this bit where he's like, I want to tell you a story of another angry young man. And Travis jumps on it and is like, And that angry young man's name was Danny Waller. No, actually, it was Derek Niefer. He's serving 10 to 20 for mail fraud. I, I love how, like, that's where they've taken it. It's like, yeah. oh, this very aggressive, angry young man turned to mail fraud. Yes. <laughs> like, it's such a strange <laughs> crime. Like, such a weird criminal path to have him go down to. Fighting the system through the postal service. <laughs> yeah, just just a, a good bit. But it's it's a really actually nice moment of understanding between Travis and Waller where, you know, we, we're kind of used to Waller being like a very clear stickler for the rules and wanting clear punishment and him seeing that Travis is just angry and having a hard time fitting in and being accepted for who he is. And he's someone who, you know, just wants to feel valid and, and wants to have true friends and true connections and is struggling right now. Travis, it must be hard to be uprooted all the time. But maybe this is a good place to make a fresh start. You know, as as angry as Travis is and kind of as unwilling as he is to accept it, as he leaves, Waller says, you know, if there ever comes a time and you don't have anyone to turn to, my door is always open. And it's like the the most genuine, nice moment between these two. Yeah. And like kind of between this and the boxer, it's it's nice to see them kind of come to an understanding with each other. It's nice as much as I joke about, you know, Waller running a totalitarian state at Roscoe, which sometimes he goes overboard on. He's genuinely like, he does genuinely care for his students. And it's yeah. it's a nice moment. And Travis is just kind of like, yeah, whatever. And he, he leaves being all surly as usual. But, you know, it ends with Waller looking concerned. So I don't know. We'll see what comes of that. What are you doing here? 
Ah, uh, habit, I guess. We have been coming here every day since we were 10. Then we go to the radio station, or the radio shack, as it were. We go to a yeah, radio we go shack. To, remember radio we shack? We go to the source by Circuit yes, City. we go to the source, and... Uh, Ray is hanging out outside, just throwing pebbles into like what looks like an old like oil drum or something, just like a a metal can. As teens do. Yeah, just throw rocks at shit, you know. Um, and Lily comes up, and so they're just hanging out, having a nice moment, throwing rocks. And then Robbie pops out of the station. He's like, oh, I knew you guys would come. Come on, let's go to the radio. And they're like, no. <laughs> no. We, we don't want to do that. And Lily's like, I, I don't see how it can be fun now. And he's like, well, Robbie's kind of like, well, it's not about fun. It's about having a voice. <laughs> good, good sell, Robbie. Like, Way to like, you yeah. know, try and get your friends into doing this thing with you that you, that you well, are responsible for blowing up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically. And kind of solidifies the, the fact that, you know, this, this was always Robbie's dream and everyone else is just kind of there to hang out. You know, TV gets interesting at 3 o'clock in the morning. I learned how to make little radish roses and brushed up on my Morse code skills. You want to know what this means? Why are you doing this? Then we go to Mickey's. We get a very dramatic scene between Audrey and Travis that starts off with Travis, like, <laughs> trying to make really weird small talk. Yeah, and I, I guess it's to solidify that he didn't sleep the night before and was just kind of up all night doing weird oh, stuff. Travis. And Audrey's like, why are you doing this? And Travis's like, what? No. It, it, like, what? I don't know. Morse code. And, and she talks about how things have been really weird between them. And she's like, I feel like you don't even like me. I want you to give me one good reason to stay with you. Which is a weird ultimatum, but also they're tiny tweens. So it makes, it makes sense as far as high school drama goes. But Travis is like, what are you doing? This is so stupid. <laughs> and <laughs> he doesn't even try to come up with yeah. one. He's just kind of like, this is uh, dumb. Why are you doing this? It just this? sucks because these two had so much chemistry and they seem like they were such a good fit. And Travis is just being all sullen and Travisy. If 10 seconds or it's over. Basically, Audrey counts down to one and she's like, bye, Travis. And she leaves. And we get this like moment where Travis is like, trying to emote <laughs> he's just kind of looking into the distance like you know wobbling his lip a little bit he does look pretty genuinely sad for travis it's true yeah but yeah so travis and audrey are over for all the two episodes we saw them together yeah it was implied that they've been together for a long time but like we really didn't see them together for like five episodes which is a shame after written in the stars i loved seeing their interactions with each other they're both such nerds this is Radio Free. So Robbie tries to make a go of running the station by himself, and it's a catastrophe. He manages to kind of get the equipment going, and Waller goes for his, I don't know, daily masochistic tuning in. They have a caller call in, and Robbie's like running between the control station and the host microphones, and the caller wants to talk to Shady Lane, and he's like, she's not here. And she's like, what about Pronto? And Robbie says, he's not here either. It's just me. Like it or not, like, I'm the only one here. And the caller just hangs up. <laughs> and it's a bad time. And Waller's like gleeful. He calls Kim over, yeah. and he's like, oh, the end is near. This is so exciting. And uh, Robbie pretty much calls it a day after all of two minutes of attempting to run the station by himself. And uh, yeah, Waller's ecstatic. He's got this like maniacal grin on his face and he kind of does a gesture. He's like, bye bye monkey. And he like brushes 
the underground radio monkey off his shoulder. And uh, then Kim has an interesting proposal. I think I just found our new Cougar radio DJ. His name is Question Mark. Okay, are you not getting the, uh, the monkey thing? Just listen to me. They'll be able to bring in the alternative crowd and... They'll have effectively kind of neutered the sort of rebellious aspect of it because, you know, they'll have somebody from RFR working for the school radio station. I I had a thought as we've been watching Waller um, listen to RFR that he really has done so little to try and stop it. Like, it would be so easy for him to call into the station and just derail the whole thing. That's so true. That'd be really funny. Like, he tries to call in every episode and just fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, you know, we, we know he has access to a lot of radios. Maybe he has access to a lot of phones. and Maybe he just, like, clogs their phone line so nobody can call in. There are so many things that he could have done to try to stop them at this point. And all he's done is sit there and be angry and shake his snow globe. Yeah, it's like he's got, like, a telethon-style, like, phone bank. That he's just, oh, I like- love it calling all the time and he has such a weird relationship with it too because at times he seems to appreciate it and then i don't know it's 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 volatile to be sure we leave the first half of the episode with the travis and audrey relationship crumbled ray and lily seem to have reconciled at least uh but the radio station is up in the air we don't know what's going to come of radio for roscoe and in fact Robbie might go join the dark side at Cougar Radio. So in today's CanCon commercial break, I'm going to be talking about a, a very pure, gentle show from our childhoods that I remember watching on YTV a lot uh, called Once Upon a Hamster. Oh, oh my goodness. It's that time again. It's actually the, I think, third iteration of this particular concept. The uh, the version I'm talking about is from the 90s, and it was produced by YTV. But uh, Once Upon a Hamster actually first started out as Tales of the Riverbank. It was a British children's television show uh, developed from a Canadian pilot. The original series was later broadcast on Canadian U.S. television, dubbed by Canadian and American actors for the markets they were to be broadcast in. So... There's a few iterations of the show, but the basic premise is the same. You have Hammy the hamster and his pals who are having cute little adventures on the riverbank. And they use real animals and they provide like sort of voiceover for them as they crawl around and do cute things. Um, so, So here's some info from the Wikipedia page. So the pilot for Tales from the Riverbank was created by David Ellison and Paul Sutherland, who were both CBC film editors in 1959. After completing the pilot program, CBC turned down the production, and so Dave Ellison traveled to the BBC in London to show it. The BBC initially commissioned 13 episodes, but extended this later. A second series was made in color in the 1970s, narrated by Johnny Morris. So it was first shown in 1960, and it was originally narrated by Paul Sutherland, one of the Canadian guys who made the show, but the BBC did not want Canadian accents. So for the series uh, showings in the BBC, all the voices were provided by Johnny Morris, who is an English TV presenter. You know, <laughs> they were too whiny, so they were dubbed over by David Rental. 
A later remake was produced by YTV and Channel 4 in 1995, which is the version that I'm familiar with. And then, I didn't know about this, but apparently a feature-length film was made in 2008 using puppets rather than live animals. The puppets are terrifying. I watched, like, oh, a no. little bit of a trailer for it. I'm like, I can't watch this. This is terrifying. But it's got, like... I don't know how they got this cast, but it has like Stephen Fry and Steve Coogan and Jim Broadbent like voicing these horrific puppets. Heavy hitters. Yeah. I don't know. It's very strange. I don't know why they made that. Here's a fact, I guess, about the original BBC series. Not exactly a fun fact, but just kind of interesting. The 1950s, 60s series was filmed in the Isle of Wight. So in a little village at the Isle of Wight. At the end of filming in 1973, the animals were released into the wild at this site. <laughs> the rats, hamsters, and cavies died not long after the release, but the Mongolian gerbil survived for at least three years, the colony reaching 100 individuals by this time. Jesus Christ. Like, I just love the thinking process. Like, oh, let's take a hamster and just kind of let it run wild. That's what hamsters do, right? Yeah. Yeah, all those hamsters in the wild. (laughs) I found an article from the Toronto Star called Hammy Hamster, Toronto's Most Famous Rodent Export. And it talks a little bit about the mid-90s series. So this is from the Star article. In the mid-1990s, Hammy was rebooted as a co-production between Canada's YTV and the UK's Channel 4. Now titled Once Upon a Hamster, the series retained the main characters but added Sutherland as a human narrator who now appeared on screen and hired a group of performers to give each animal a unique voice. This version was shot on location in Uxbridge, Ontario, making it the first version of Hammy to actually film the animals outdoors. In total, 65 episodes of this version were created and proved immensely popular when aired late night in the U.S. on the Animal Planet cable channel, proving once and for all, older viewers loved Hammy, too. Aww. He's cute. I I do need to comment on the fact that they they called um, Hammy the, the most loved <laughs> rodent export, or most famous rodent export, as if there is like some sort of ranking of rodent exports. Like with a lot of these obscure shows, like it's really hard to find any reception or any info. I did find <laughs> on the IMDP page for uh, Once Upon a Hamster, one of my favorite bits of random IMDB trivia I've ever seen. I don't always notice the referenced in parts of IMDB, but they'll like keep track of where shows and movies might be referenced in other movies. So apparently in an episode of Six Feet Under, the character Hiram says, this is his son's favorite show. <laughs> so great. Like oh, man. Um, it's got a 6.7 rating on TV.com based on all of seven votes. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, and an 8.0 on IMDb based on 26 votes. There are some va- episodes available on YouTube. So you can go and take in all this cute energy because it is a very cute show. It's extremely gentle energy. Well, now, since this is the first time that you and I have met, I'd better introduce myself, tell you who I am. Oh, no, I know who you are, all right, so why don't you just call me Story Man? Story Man! Yeah, the narrator's name is just Story Man. It's just one of the original creators of the show who would do, like, little introductions to each episode. He looks like my high school history teacher. Do you like adventure? Good. So do I. 
Do you like little animals? Even better. Oh. <laughs> this man scares me. <laughs> it's funny, a lot of people share that sentiment. A lot of people don't really like Story Man that much. I think it's the best. Most of all, do you like having fun? <laughs> I hate this. I hate it. Oh, no. Why, why did that have the same energy um, as that video of Rami Malek where it's like the slow zoom interview of him where he goes, I like mischief. Help! Help! Somebody come quickly! My house is on fire! Oh no, I mean my house is on smoke! Well, can I help you? Are you a chimney sweep? I, I don't know. What's a chimney? It's that thing behind you. Oh, oh, so that's what it is. This has the energy of like... When you're people watching and you're like, you're sitting with a friend trying to like, you're pretending to be the people and like figuring out what their conversation <laughs> yeah. is. This is like very on the fly. Like they, they were just watching footage of hamsters. Yes. You know, in some cases, my favorite reception sections come from YouTube comments, which is all I could pull for this show. And uh, there's some really good ones on this episode, actually. Uh, some of my favorite comments from Jasmine Lav. Anyone else randomly remember this at 1 a.m. and had to check to see if it was a real show? <laughs> uh, Lunar Eclipse 0629. I come here and watch this whenever I need a shot of pure, undiluted innocence pumped straight into my veins. <laughs> it's fair. We have a, a wildlife expert, Eva B. 100, says at 9 minutes 32 seconds, hamsters should never be put in water as they have oily fur that protects them from getting cold. Shasser DC says, OMG, I finally found the name of this show after looking up the name GP the guinea pig. I grew up with this show every morning when I was in kindergarten to second grade on Animal Planet around 1998 to 2000. Those were the best years to watch TV. Brit KGM says, I remember this was on YTV when I was a kid. The channel had its own awards show every year called the YTV Achievement Awards. I forget what the awards were for, but at the beginning of one of those shows, Hammy Hamster walked down the red carpet in a little top hat on. It was so cute. Oh, how did he not get stepped on? <laughs> Race Bannon says, a sweet show. The rodents make my skin crawl. Oh, um, Matteo Franco says, so sad. I had a hamster named Hammy a few years ago when I was five or four, and I lost him. He's probably dead now. Hashtag memories. And, uh... So, uh, so that was written by probably, like, an eight-year-old? I guess so. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, this is my favorite comment, though, from David Applebaum. When I was 16, I had a bad LSD trip, and I watched this show, and I got obsessed with it to the point I couldn't go to sleep unless I watched it, and this show came on Animal Planet at 4 a.m. <laughs> Alright, <laughs> go off. Just tripping on hamsters. You do you. So Dave Ellison and Paul Sutherland, a.k.a. Storyman, have both since passed away, but Dave Ellison had a website called furthertalesoftheriverbank.com, which is still active and shares some hammy history. Although, curiously, it doesn't mention the 1990s Once Upon Hamster series. I don't think he was involved in it, so maybe there was like, some behind-the-scenes hamster-related drama or something. Maybe there was a schism. Is it bad that when you said Storyman had passed away, <laughs> my brain went, he can't hurt you anymore? Yes, the evil has passed. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. There's a few comments that are just like, 
<laughs> Why do they have the guy at the beginning? He's ruining it. It's um, a very creepy energy. Yeah. My my specific memories of the show are like I think this show really made me want a hamster. Because you're just watching this hamster crawl around doing cute hamstery things for half an hour and I just wanted a little golden hamster like Hammy. There's nothing better than holding a little hamster in your hands. I also remember them driving in the remote control car a lot. Like, GP the guinea pig was always, like, trying out these different vehicles. Like, in the opening credits, he's flying a plane. And then, like, sometimes he's driving in a car. So I definitely remember, like, these little, like, rodents driving together in an RC car through the forest. <laughs> um, I also found, I haven't ripped it yet, but I found a Once Upon a Hamster VHS at a thrift store. So I have one. I just need to rip it and watch it. And it's great. It's one of the in one of those big plastic clamshell VHS cases that they put all the kids' tapes into. So, so yeah, there's, I guess there's some VHS tapes out there. I get a kick out of, especially with some of these obscure shows where you can't really find reception anywhere else, like the joy people take in finding out that they didn't just make up this show. <laughs> like, it exists. Oh, yeah. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's Once Upon a Hamster. It's very cute. And if you are in need of some cute energy right now, uh, give it a watch. Although, maybe skip the first couple minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just just pretend that those don't happen. Yeah. And, and just watch these very on-the-fly conversations between, between little, hamsters and mice. Yeah, little mice and hamsters and guinea pigs. And sometimes a turtle. Uh... I uh, left you a couple of messages. Very thematically, it's like storming and raining and Lily's kind of listening to music in her bedroom and Audrey comes in and says, you know, hey, I've been trying to get in touch with you. And Lily's like, oh, my phone's been off. Audrey lets her know that she and Travis have broken up and Lily's kind of lack of shock confirms for Audrey that something's happened. And Lily opens up about the fact that she kissed Travis but it was a mistake but she says in that moment it was like you know it was just the two of them she didn't think about the fact that Travis was her boyfriend or that she was his girlfriend I can't explain how okay I just forgot about you that I'm gonna forget about you and it's it's sad but saying it's like I forgot you existed is really a, a bad thing to say in an apology yeah that's yeah it's just it's sad to see this friendship go sour it, and it's sad to see how mistreated audrey is she's such a cool character she didn't deserve she this did not deserve this goodbye audrey and that's that's the last we see of audrey for now Ugh. what are you doing here oh hi after that scene we go to lily hanging out in the station by herself just kind of strumming her guitar Robbie pops in and he didn't expect to see her there and she says I just needed a friend she's talking about her guitar that she's had for a long time and it's familiar but it always surprises her and Robbie's like it sounds like you're talking about Ray and Lily's like is it that obvious and Robbie's like I don't know it's just best friend's intuition so Lily's trying to sort out her feelings and Robbie tells her that She's not alone. And it's, I kind of hadn't thought of this before, but it's kind of nice given the fact that Lily's the only one who knows that Robbie's got these complicated feelings for Kim. Oh, my perfect little world. Oh, Mr. Strong, what can I do for you? 
in in the biggest heartbreak of the episode, in, in the most heartbreaking <laughs> moment of the episode, we see Waller in his office, and we see that his snow globe is no, broken. It's leaking. It's leaking, and he's like, "My perfect oh. little world." Um, but then Travis comes into his office. You know, since we've kind of established there's there's more of a connection there. And he, he says he's pretty good with a camera and he'd like to to start taking up photos for the Oracle, which I guess is the, the school paper. And as they're talking, uh, Travis grabs the, the snow globe and kind of twists it and, and fixes it and hands it back. And Waller's like, okay, you make it happen. And Travis leaves the, the room and Waller just goes, Danny, you made a difference. And it's, it's very sweet. It's like we... We've seen him so obsessed with, like, order and control. And I think this is the first time that it's, like, we've seen a genuine want for him to, like, make a positive impact on his students' lives. So we leave that. We pop out. We see Kim and Robbie talking in the hallway. And Kim kind of smugly is like, You know the cougar DJ spot you snubbed? I offered it to question mark. You did? I did. I'm just waiting for him to call back and accept do you really think Question Mark will jump ship and join Cougar Radio? He'd be a fool not to. Since Waller agreed to all his demands, he'll have it all. How would Question Mark have made demands if Kim yeah. essentially left a message to him? Yeah, what what are these demands yes. that Question Mark would be making? What kind of leverage does Robbie have? Yeah, like, none. <laughs> yeah. You must give me a pondering hour where I just sit and ask questions and tell people what I'm wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I must be given the space to ponder. Yes. But after that conversation, um, Kim goes to see Waller, who is again playing with the snow globe and is very happy to see it fixed. He's just, it's just, it's a big episode for the snow globe, my, my favorite recurring character. <laughs> But she she says that it's a go and they have question mark and Waller's like, well, once we have him, we'll be able to figure out who the other ones are and that our fire will never happen again. But Travis has forgotten his bag in Waller's office. What I said, my door was always open. Just forgot my bag, sir. Thanks again for uh, setting me straight. Get... Kim kind of hyping up on the radio that RFR is over and it was terrible and I guess people have come to their senses. If you haven't heard, the airwaves are radio-free, Roscoe-free. I guess the little station that could, couldn't. She's like, well, get ready because we're about to debut our new DJ. And we see Robbie kind of doing this long, slow walk to Cougar Radio as he kind of finally makes this it known that he was question mark all along i suppose and travis sees him walk by and pops into the janitor's closet and in a callback to that first episode when we heard him uh take over cougar radio signal he does it again as small your ultimate voice might be gone but that doesn't mean we should forget about radio free roster it was our voice but no one else listened to us and Travis somehow has all of this equipment. Right? Like, he didn't have anything going into the janitor's office. Yeah. But somehow he's got the equipment there to transmit over the cougar radio signals and is just ready to go with whatever the hell's in that janitor's closet. Well, I think this also um, plays into the theory that you introduced a little while ago of him being a time Travis. Maybe he was able to snap back in time and obtain his audio gear. Or also, he could just have access to a pocket dimension. I'm not sure. Well, that's fun. I am kind of sad that we don't get a repeat of one of my favorite parts of that original yes. segment. Where Travis 
Travis leaves the closet in the most conspicuous way possible. <laughs> it's like very like tense. Yes. Like the, the most tense speedwalker you've ever seen who is constantly <laughs> looking over both of his shoulders. Yes. I love that part so much. But and we get the shot of like Ray and Lily sitting by the lockers being like, you know what? I miss RFR. It seems like the four of them are kind of, you know, they they want to start RFR up again. And <laughs> in a perfect alignment of the universe Waller's snow globe breaks again oh here we go again what fun Robbie hearing Travis over the radio kind of changes his mind about revealing himself but he goes into the cougar radio booth and Kim's like oh it's just you I was waiting for question mark and she's like I thought we had an understanding about how people can't know about this and he's just like well the only thing I understand is how damaging it would be for your reputation if people saw me do this and then he kisses her and there's somehow like a little pocket crowd of people that are watching through like the the door that are like very physically in in shock and are kind of pointing and staring sorry we're on a little late but better late than never smug hey actually i'm smug if that's all right all right with me so we pop back to the station where robbie's trying to have another go at running the station by himself uh, and Travis comes in, and so Smog at least is back. He's like, get the fuck out of my DJ booth. Yeah, pretty much. And so Smog takes his place at the control station, and question mark sits down. He's like, you know what? Things might be different from now on. And then right on cue, Ray and Lily come in and take their seats. But Smog and uh, Pronto and Shady Lane and me, question mark, are going to keep trying to bring you exciting radio. Yeah, where else can we hear such spine-tingling dead air? And uh, the gang's back together again, and right away they get into some of their typical ribbing. Lily gives Ray a good punch on the arm, and Travis has this whole bit. He's like, did you know that owl is the international symbol for pain? <laughs> and uh, it's really sweet. The The gang's all clicking together again, and I guess they, they have a return show, and it goes well. And after the show, we're outside the station. Robbie and Ray are hanging out, and Ray and Robbie seem to have reconciled. And, you know, Ray says, You know what? Next time you have a secret, just don't tell me. I don't want to know. And Robbie's like, Are you sure? What if it's a good one? And Ray's like, But what are you talking about? <laughs> and Robbie says, Lily likes you. She just told me she likes you a lot. And Ray's like, Oh my God, I have to see her. And Robbie's like, Okay, calm down. Give Lily some time. Let things blow over. I'm not going to confess my undying love or anything. I just want to see her. Just to see if she looks any different. You know, now that I know. But then we go back into the station where Lily and Travis are chatting. Lily tries to maybe talk and Travis is like, don't say anything. Like Buddha says, you have to lose your way to find your way. And we just lost our way for a bit. Like, you know, and Lily's like, yeah, we're just friends. It's fine. And she goes and gives him a hug. We're just friends. That's all. And they lean in to maybe kiss, but meanwhile, you can see behind them. It's like, honestly, I do love this framing because, you know, they're looking at each other and you just see Ray come down the stairs and you're like, ah! (laughs) And we end the episode and the season on the shot of the door slowly opening. So we don't know what Ray is going to see when he opens that door. It's an excellent cliffhanger. 
these teens and their feelings, these I tell you. These teens and their feelings. So it looks like, um, according to RadioFurioscope4.Tripod.com, when we hop over to Mickey's Disc, we've only got two identified songs in this episode. We've got With Friends Like You by Branson and The Situation by Knacker, one of our, our OG favorites. I think that we heard in the very first episode even. Um, that's just a, a classic of the RFR soundtrack. But With Friends Like You by Branson is the track that uh, we hear when Travis gets into the fight in the, the cafeteria. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's a very dramatic pop-punk song. Branson was an emo indie rock band that was active from 1996 to 2008. They're from Cleveland, Ohio. With Friends Like You is from their 2002 album Dial In Sounds. And you can listen to it on Spotify if you want some of those classic pop-punk vibes. I know, for me, sometimes it's really fun to just go back and revisit that era and just sit in the angst, particularly in times where it's just like, Man, I'm just feeling the angst. Let's go listen to some angst. (laughs) (laughs) Let's amp up the angst. Amp up the angst. Amp up the angst. So that does it for for this week. That does it for this episode. And that does it for this season of Radio Free Roscoe. And uh, I guess a podcast Free Roscoe. Jeez Louise, friends, we're halfway through. We're halfway there. So I hope you've uh, enjoyed the journey with us so far. Um, If you're listening to this on the day of release, it is Canada Day, so maybe take some time to enjoy some Canadian media like RFR or like any of the shows that we've talked about. Uh, We'll be talking about plenty more in the coming months as we dive into season two. Uh, Watch some hamsters, you know, watch some Monster by Mistake. (laughs) Okay, maybe don't watch Monster by Mistake, (laughs) but I don't know. You know, get into some Monster by Mistake fanfic. I don't know. Again, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't have to be Monster by Mistake. I don't know. Maybe maybe watch some 16. Maybe yeah. watch some Brave Space. Maybe watch some current Canadian media. There's there's a lot of stuff produced by the CBC alone right now. Go watch some Kim's Convenience yes. or some uh, Baroness von Sketch Show. Yeah. You know, some of our favorite comedies. Or go check out the NFB. The NFB has a, a ton of stuff produced by um, Canadian creators that tell stories that you you don't get to see in the in the mainstream media. So take some time, learn about Canadian heritage, and uh, enjoy some Canadian media. Yeah, and and make sure if you're hopping on NFB to uh, to dive into their content from Indigenous filmmakers as well. Make sure that you're including that in your Canada Day reflections because that's some important stuff. Absolutely. Remember that just because we're celebrating 150 whatever years of Canada doesn't mean that that's what Canada is. Yeah, exactly. You can follow us on social media at PodFreeRoscoe on Twitter or on PodcastFreeRoscoe on Facebook and Instagram. Or if you're an email person, you can send us an email to PodcastFreeRoscoe at gmail.com. Send us a note about the show, about any CanCon that you're interested in or any of the shows that we've talked about. Or send us a voice clip and we can include you as a caller on the show. For now, this is Podcast Free Roscoe signing off.